Anyone up for a playful game of rocks, paper, scissors? You know the one where you and an opponent scream out those three words and release your hand to reveal whether you have forged it into one of three items. The rules are simple. Rock beats scissors. Paper beats rock. Scissors beats paper. As children, it decided many of things, such as who washes the dishes, who has to try and cross the stream first, who has to retrieve the ball when it winds up inside the scary Mr. Johnson's backyard. It's an innocent pastime of childhood amusement. Or is it? What's fascinating about this innocuous competition is the presence of an underlying behavioral variability, an adult version of rocks, papers, and scissors that is recurring theme in your own judgments. Join me as we explore another noise concept disrupting your financial decision making, along with some surprising discussion, today on Fin Wisdom. Hello, I'm your host, Joel, and welcome to our fourth episode in our third season of Fin Wisdom. And today's discussion is aptly named, What's the Special Occasion? As part of Season 3, we're continuing the dialogue about a concept called noise and its behavioral risk to making judgments. If you're just tuning into the season, I would recommend starting with the first episode of Season 3. But as a quick recap, I'll repeat the premise. The increased interest in behavioral economics over the past few decades has resulted in a great deal of attention to understanding biases. And biases are irrational beliefs or behaviors that can unconsciously influence our decision-making process, but they are behaviors that are consistently observed. These errors in judgment all follow in the same direction, and we can see what type of error each bias has on our decisions. Noise is more closely related to behavioral variability on a very individual level. It's more random and is less studied in why this season has been dedicated to noise. This episode will be slightly different than most others, but we are going to take extra time talking about a particular solution toward the end that is a touchy topic so that we may expand upon it with a special guest. But let me first take your mind on a journey. And since it's the season of family celebrations, let's begin there. Often we rejoice in the holiday spirit by spending time with family members, whether that's a festive feast hosted by mom and dad, grandparents, your brothers or sisters, cousins. It's your usual traditional gathering annually, and for the most part, you look forward to this event. Those in attendance, the familiar family members gather at the table, the types of delicious food are bound to be those anticipated. The destination remains the same. So why do your expectations sometimes differ year after year? What changed your feelings, your behavior, and your judgments that modified and vary that experience? Usually, that shift in your mindset was caused by a trigger. It could be involuntary, such as unusual traffic that hindered your arrival that has forced dinner to be delayed.
Now, that could alter the level of joy you might expect to receive. And it's not that hitting traffic is a complete surprise, but in the past, maybe it was not normally an issue. Sometimes that shift in mindset is voluntary. For example, let's say your cousin brings her date, and you met that person before, so you already are familiar with their personality. They were there last year, and what you remember is that they were accusational, dramatic, self-absorbed, arrogant. I think you get the picture, and come on, I know you know what I'm talking about. They are the ones where you proudly mention you walk 10,000 steps a day and they feel compelled to respond by bragging they do 12,000. You share an experience of a recent road trip down the west coast of California and they interject they took a cross-country road trip from east coast to west. You bring your own recipe for stuffing and everyone comments they love it. And, yep, you guessed it, This person has to exclaim that it's good, but they too make a great stuffing and will feel compelled to share all the special ingredients in their version and why it's better. Excuse me. And as a result, you modify your behavior. You make judgments that are inconsistent with similar situations in the past. This time, you are going to take a different tack this holiday season. My friends, you're experiencing occasion noise. This is when all features of a situation or decision remain the same as previous occurrences, yet your judgment differs. Some type of recent exposure or some type of second guessing of expectations alters your decision making. There seems to be no logical reason for changing your responses, but yet behavioral variability occurs. And when it comes to financial decision-making, I'll provide two illustrations to visualize occasion noise, both at work and in your personal affairs. So let's talk about on the job. Regardless if you're someone who's on the front line, the back office, salesperson, project manager, product manager, department head, C-suite executive, my guess is you've sat in or have been a contributor to a budget proposal meeting. So let's say every year you have the same buckets more or less for the resources. But despite having no change in the headcount, no change in the dollars allocated to specific projects or purpose, not even change in target audience, and only incremental development changes to products and services, funds get reallocated every year to eke out greater gains. For lack of description, I'll call it tinkering with resources based on the occasion. I'll give an example. Let's say if you're an influencer in how the budget is divvied up, what if you've been recently reading or listening that many of your competitors are increasing money toward research and development? Should you do the same? What if your firm is publicly acknowledging managers who are able to streamline training It is not that anyone reviewed your team or the way you do training that gives you an opinion you need to make changes, but exposed to such accolades may influence your judgment in terms of tinkering with the hiring and training decisions, despite all else remaining the same as last year. And here's another important example, technology. Now, don't get me wrong. It is definitely one of those features that heavily influences the future of your organization. 
and, in all likelihood, it is essential to keep an eye on it. But if you already have a budget allocated to it, what spawns even more money toward it? Let's switch gears and make this personal. Anyone play the lottery? And are you someone who plays specific numbers? Have you ever changed the numbers because of someone's birthday? Picked a new number you feel is more lucky? And why did you do this? The numbers are always randomly picked. Odds change based on the number of players, but not on the numbers you pick. This argument can go either way. Why do you let the machine pick your numbers for you rather than just play the same numbers every time? It's not that one way or the other is wrong. It is about consistency in decision making. How about a restaurant tip? Let's say you frequent the same restaurant throughout the year. The service is always consistent, as is the quality of the food, and you're often greeted by the same server. But what's the special occasion that you increase the tip for the same service you always receive? A birthday celebration? It's a holiday? You just felt like being nicer today? This is literally occasion noise. Other places this type of behavioral variability is witnessed? How about a loan from a bank? If you were offered the same interest rate and terms between two financial institutions and no impact on the total sum you will repay over the life of the loan, and the service is equally nice, why did you pick the bank closest to you? Was the bank lobby nicer looking? Did the branding or imagery created some form of positive inference to something or someone in your life? What about choosing among investments? Have you ever reviewed your retirement investments and despite no life event change, no difference to your planned age for retirement, and no change in investment strategy, and consistent performance has been witnessed, you're hitting the target. Do you have the urge to transition those assets into other investments or to another financial institution? And if so, why? What was the occasion that created the inconsistent response? Was it something you read, heard, or informed through social media or peers? Maybe someone had shared a particular bad experience with the same investments or investment firm, and despite never witnessing the same experience yourself, your judgment was influenced. So let's talk about some supporting data around occasion noise after this word about our sponsor. I hope you've been enjoying this season of Fin Wisdom and the discussion on the impact of noise on your financial decision making. But what about the judgment every day within your own organization? Think about how time, resources, and money are getting dedicated based on important decisions among your company leaders that will determine the future fate of your firm. Fortunately, there's help to reduce behavioral variability, and that's with DNA Behavior International. DNA Behavior offers an all-in-one behavioral tech platform that recognizes every interaction is an opportunity to adapt behaviors among employees and your customers 
To improve your organization's ability to communicate, increase its probability of success, and to improve client engagement, DNA Behavior offers integrated tools that can help reduce noise and improve your organization's ability to communicate, increase its probability of success, and to improve client engagement. Visit dnabehavior.com to learn how their proactive approach can take your organization to the next level. Welcome back. Most of the concepts in this season are foundationally derived from the book titled Noise that was authored by some very prominent experts in the field of behavioral economics. And they include Daniel Kahneman, Olivier Sibani, and Cass Sunstein. In the book, they cite some very interesting findings that relate to noise, and in specific occasion noise. In fact, decades have been spent investigating the psychological influence moods have on our judgment. In particular, there is a reference to research conducted by Joseph Forgas. He is an Australian social psychologist with many fascinating studies associated with social cognition, and he's also a professor at the University of New South Wales. His findings reinforce how, for example, one's facial expressions and actions can be observed quite differently depending whether you're in a good mood or a bad one. But it also influences how you think. And just because you're in a good mood doesn't always equate to good decision-making. From one perspective, a good mood could help in terms of improving cooperation, reciprocation, and consensus building. But you may be more likely to accept first impressions as valid without question, while someone in a bad mood may offer more crucial counter-arguments, and challenge quickly accepted solutions. Have you ever heard of the footbridge trolley problem? It's an often referred to scenario that questions one's personal moral philosophy. It's a popular dilemma because it involves some moral violation of another person, which you're about to learn about. And this relates to your moral decisions of whether or not to cause bodily harm to someone else directly and thereby produces a great deal of emotion and careful reasoning. This uh, scenario was originally developed by philosopher Philippa Foote in 1967 and was further adapted by Judith Jarvis Thompson in 1985. But there are many other philosophers who have studied it. So now, I think I ought to explain what it is. The scenario goes like this. Picture yourself standing upon a footbridge, and there on top of the footbridge near you stands a large man who is a stranger, and underneath stand five more strangers who are about to be killed by a trolley approaching very fast. And you have to decide, will you push this large man over the footbridge to stop the trolley from killing the five people below? It's a tug of war between a utilitarian choice of one death versus five and your personal aversion of this repugnant act to physically push someone to their death. For the record, there's only a minority of people, roughly 10% who were surveyed, who actually would be willing to push that large man to save the other five. Now there's variations of this scenario that include a lever to switch the tracks, uh, the strangers become people you know. 
So for example, uh, maybe one or more of the five that stand below are a brother or sister. In that large man who's at top, it could be your father or your uncle. All of these obviously tinker with your moral compass. But the reason I brought up the footbridge trolley dilemma is twofold. One, in some studies, it's very interesting how subjects who are first exposed to short videos intended to induce a positive mood before making a decision. And despite general sense of morals and ethics, those subjects were three times more willing to push that man off the bridge. The second point is more to overarching drive home the message that moods, a form of occasion noise, can create complex judgment problems and inconsistencies in your decision making. The idea of trying to control occasion noise produced by others is quite challenging, but I can provide some tips on how we can reduce its impact or from even being created possibly right after this sponsor break. If all this discussion around this newer concept in behavioral economics is making you realize that noise is impacting the judgment in your workplace, and you're wondering how you can introduce this concept to your leadership and sales force, well then let me share with you a little insight. In conjunction with DNA Behavior, a new two-day workshop around behavioral variability is going to be kicking off in the very near future. In this workshop, will help your most influential leaders in your organization understand what it is, why it matters, how it influences judgments, and help you conduct your own noise audit, which helps reduce the impact of behavioral variability and potentially improve critical decisions made enterprise-wide. So if you're interested to learn more, visit finwisdom.com and drop me a note and let me know that you'd like to learn more about this behavioral variability workshop. Okay, it's time to get to some tips, and they're fairly straightforward. I'm going to get to the point quickly, because this is where in today's podcast, it's going to take a detour in just a few minutes. I have a special guest. So some helpful considerations. And by the way, I've mentioned this in other episodes, but if you haven't done so already, you may want to go to the first episode of this season to listen to some general noise-reducing tips. Let's start with number one, the impact of stress. Making decisions at peak stress levels can be very detrimental. When emotions are high, your decision-making may vary despite a consistent challenge, problem, or situation. Here's an example that I think many people can relate to. You're working from home and you're dealing with a very stressful problem with your work. And your partner comes into the room and asks some innocent question. Something maybe like, what do you want to eat for dinner? And you may respond very emotionally. Leave me alone. So there's this old adage, right, that says, try not to make any judgments when your mood is running high. I'd like to expand on that. That doesn't just mean when you're in a bad mood, 
But I would also try to avoid judgments when you're in an extremely good mood as well. Number two, utilize a consistent schedule or process. Set time on your calendar for specific types of decisions to be made. Because when you last have eaten, how much sleep you received, the time of day, when you exercise, etc., all play into generating occasion noise. So if you can make similar decisions on a consistent, recurring basis, make sure to offer responses and judgments around the same time period. A simple example is what intervals of the day are you going to respond to emails? It's also an opportunity to establish tools and processes to define decision outcomes without deliberating over them every time, which leads me to a consideration that will take up the remainder of this episode. Number three, establishing noiseless rules through the use of machine learning in artificial intelligence. I mentioned this as a tip in episode three of the season, and it is a general way to reduce the possibility of noise impacting or influencing your judgments. So just think, what if we could capture more facts more information that helps improve predictions, spot patterns where even the experts could not always detect, and achieve a better response. That is what AI and machine learning promises to offer. Machines have an incredible potential to augment what humans do today. They can provide holistic analysis and predictions at a scale that would not be possible at the individual level. This means that done appropriately, more people can get access to the services or insights that they need, whether that is credit loan approvals, protection against fraud, or even medical decision support based on a wide variety of data points. That's Vladimir Valenta, Managing Director at Relational AI. They built what is called a Relational Knowledge Graph Management System, which is foundational for data-centric applications. So in layman's terms, it helps learn, reason, and predict, utilizing very richly interconnected data. And why I thought they would make a great resource to answer a few questions for us today. So how does machine learning and artificial intelligence help to reduce behavioral variability? We humans are susceptible to our assumptions, stereotypes, biases, or even mental fatigue. Machines make decisions based on data and algorithms only. Also, machine-generated results can be replicated, tested, and validated. This implies that machine learning and AI, if applied properly, have the potential to significantly reduce behavioral noise. Okay. In particular, where is machine learning and AI in use today in terms of financial decision-making processes? AI is one of the hottest topics in financial services because it has the ability to disrupt this industry. Let me give you two examples. In portfolio management, it has been applied to generating better risk and return estimates and to asset allocation problems with complex constraints, leading to portfolios with better risk return characteristics. In risk management, AI can assist risk managers in validating and backtesting risk models and it can generate more accurate credit default probabilities and loss estimates. 
We anticipate that the use of AI in finance will only increase in the future, considering that the financial markets are becoming more and more complex. In a moment, you will hear Vladimir use the term counterfactuals. It's a fancy way of saying that an idea, assumption, or statement is not true. So, one argument against AI that I often hear is that it lacks empathy or fails to capture unique situations that may go into financial decisions. Would you care to respond to that concern? Sure. Just as there is high potential for good with AI, there is also risk. We at Relational AI recognize these risks and the importance of incorporating human domain knowledge, something our platform does today to capture nuances in finance. For example, counterfactual fairness focuses on understanding the causal relationship between variables. Just because you remove variables like gender or age doesn't mean that the bias is fully removed. There's an awful lot of chatter around this topic out there that I'm sure that you've read too. We have concerns that need to be addressed, such as how do we know if it's producing biased outcomes? How do we trust what it is doing? Or if we can determine if it is making bad decisions? And how do we ensure that the technology won't be misused? Regardless of the lens you put on it, and the counter-arguments which make many of this viable, machine learning will be an integral part of the future of financial decision-making, and, well, decision-making in general. We also need to be mindful of the impact of biases and noise in machine learning, but I think we need to be cognizant of influences of the programmers themselves. We need to test for noise before the process even begins. The overarching challenge will always be how to make human behavioral variability more predictable. Which takes me back to today's opening teaser, the game's rocks, paper, scissors, also known as Rushambo. There are theories on how it may be possible to exploit your opponent's predictable patterns. And what's interesting, it's said that winners tend to stick with their winning action. Losers tend to switch to the next action in the sequence of rocks, paper, scissors. And that is very interesting, but there's also a high potential to produce occasion noise. So my advice to you, if you feel like you're playing a game of rocks, paper, scissors, literally or metaphorically, I would avoid the temptation and just leave that type of game to deciding who washes the dishes tonight. As a copyright reminder, written permission is required to use any of the content shared. Any views expressed are my own and are not the opinion of any entity unless otherwise mentioned during the program. And since we are critical thinking creatures, these opinions are subject to change. For financial advice, consider consulting a licensed financial professional. And make sure to watch your inbox for the next exciting episode of Thin Wisdom.